0: <laughs> okay. Alright. Might might fit with the book we're doing. It's not really a Christmassy book. Right. It's a good gift. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is true.
1: Well, we didn't plan that far ahead, did we? Okay. And it's not we can't always be too general. We're, you we know should what I mean? Do a-
2: Christmas recommendation present list. Ah. Oh.
1: We have to
0: do that this episode though because
1: Yeah, yeah for can, the yeah. for the shout out, let's yeah. do that.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. Now right. the, you,
1: listeners are not going to be surprised by that, that on on now. No. That's fine.
0: I can do that. Yeah. That's we hard could hard. I could
1: turf this. We could just nope. start over. We've already
0: started. Okay. Welcome to the Trade Waiters, everybody. Hello. Uh, This is yet another wonderful episode of our book club podcast, where we read books, and you read books, and then we talk about it, except we can't hear what you're saying because you're out in the real world and we're uh, on the internet.
2: But we're really impressed by your opinions. Oh yeah, They're,
0: they're pretty good, except for that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know
1: him. Well <laughs> yeah. you know, there's there's a chance that one day you could be working somewhere and someone else could be listening to this podcast nearby and you could hear them yelling a response <laughs> to the podcast.
0: That's true.
2: That's true. <laughs> yelling their opinions kinda like Twitter.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Miller Pride is the best book ever. You guys are dumb. Jake, don't create false accounts, Jeff, just to tweet at us. <laughs> Uh, we don't have an official <laughs> Trade Waiters Twitter account. We do have an official Trade Waiters Tumblr. Oh. Which is Trade Wait- I, oh shoot, do I even know our Tumblr?
2: Worst branding ever. Oh yeah. I think it's linked in the your your Christmas mini.
0: Probably. Yeah. Okay. I, it. Tra-
2: I think it's trade uh,
0: we have a Tumblr. Our Tumblr is TradeWaiter's.tumblr.com, um, which is not up to date yet, but it will be soon, as soon as I can make it.
1: And it looks great. Thank you. I followed
0: it as soon as it was born. Well, I followed it because I made it.
2: I followed it after <laughs> a couple of weeks. I mean I didn't want to be too too hot on it, yeah, right? You know? Makes sense. I'm, not actually <laughs> like that. I'm not actually sure I follow it. Whoa.
0: <laughs> oh burn. <laughs> <laughs> than I <laughs> Kathleen, coolest in the room. Uh, as yeah. usual. <laughs> okay, so what is this episode gonna be about? What book are we reading this week?
1: Oh, uh, well this is my recommendation. Okay. Uh, so this is Essex County by Jeff Lemire. Okay. And um, uh, maybe
0: before we go any further, we should have a spoiler warning. Yes. Bah, bah, wee-oo. Bah, wee-oo. Bah. So uh, this is to remind you that we are going to be talking about this entire book. And if spoilers or something that bother you, well, too bad. You are already started in this episode. Yeah, you just a lot. You can't
2: stop now. Uh,
0: and then the other thing we're going to do is we should introduce ourselves uh, by yes. using a uh, character-revealing question. Ooh. You know, every
2: time you say that, I, I think it's skill-testing question. It's like you're going to do like, a <laughs> That'll be, <laughs> we have
0: to solve what is 7 plus 7? Oh, God. We just want to make sure you're not a robot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Translate this captcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'll just say something in a muffled voice, and then if you can repeat back what the yeah. word was, we know you're not a robot. Yeah, there we go. Siri wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, today's uh, character-revealing question is going to be: What was your first source for comics? Where did you first acquire comics when you first started reading comics? So either mm. where you bought them, or borrowed them from, or wherever you got comics to start with okay. It seems like a pretty pivotal um, yeah. thing in the life of a comic reader, is to actually have somewhere to get comics from.
1: Yeah, cool. I've...
0: Okay, Jeff, go ahead. Oh, yeah, all
1: right. I always feel like I jump in and take these ones. Um, but yeah, uh, no, I, I vividly remember, just when you brought that up, uh, my source for comics was actually the province newspaper. I My dad uh, actually specifically... Introduced me to the Sunday comic section, which uh, for our younger readers uh, will have no reference point for this. There was a time period where uh, newspapers had really elaborate comics sections. They were actually a separate little mini magazine that would be slipped into the pages of the Sunday edition. It had a colored border Um, I think the province had a blue border and the sun had a green border and they had different competing comic strips in them and uh, the province had better comic strips and uh, my dad uh, specifically wanted me to be aware of the uh, strip called Calvin and Hobbes and he said this is a strip about a little boy with a big imagination I think you might relate to this and uh, I used to avidly uh, wait every, every week for the, the su- Sunday comics to come out, and I would save them. And so not only was I beginning my life reading comics, I was also beginning my life of obsessively collecting <laughs> them.
0: And that was uh, the inspiration for the cover of uh, Cloudscape's anthology, Fun Day Sunnies, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was. Okay which uh, has the first appearance of Una the Blade, which you'll hear about later this oh. episode. Oh, I thought it was
0: going to say it's the
2: first appearance of Cloudsy. <laughs> uh, oh, oh yeah. that also, that also
1: the, wow, I didn't realize that's the first appearance of Una the Blade and Cloudsy. That's
2: a pivotal work, actually. Yeah. I, you think should, I think
1: if it was for sale on, say, like a Kickstarter this week, you should buy it.
2: Okay, we'll get to that All right, uh, Angela. Whoa. Uh, Hey, I'm Angela Mellick, and uh, I was also, I think if I think back to my very first source of comics, it was also the newspaper. But what's funny is that my my recollection is always about the black and whites that came out every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents would read it first. And uh, I would just, like, kind of scramble for it when they were done. But their favorite strips that they would always point and kind of laugh about something and kind of pass it around and make sure everyone read it and laughed similarly was... uh, It was always bizarro and real-life adventures. Uh, But I think my favorite at the time was Garfield. Of course. Yes.
1: We all loved Garfield back
2: then. We all hate Mondays, as it was called.
1: (laughs) (sighs) And love lasagna.
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) kind of weird that way. (laughs) Another pivotal work. (laughs) 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 All right, uh, Kathleen...
3: Oh, sure. Um, okay, I just sidebar, Jeffrey, I think it's funny that you're like, oh, some younger listeners, yeah, I that Sunday comics page did not exist when I was young. Yeah, oh, wow. it's, it's yeah, sad. That. old that's man. Sad. Yes,
1: it's true, um, but I more bring it up because you really missed out on what was a beautiful thing that slowly got trimmed away for budgetary reasons, and all our newspapers should be ashamed of what they've done to our Sunday yeah. comics.
3: Um. <laughs> <it's-> <laughs> I think uh, probably also, um, I was going to say library, because uh, I have a very like formative memory of my mom taking me to the library when I was like 12 and showing me the comic section, which was one little shelf um, at the time. But yeah, no, I think I think uh, newspapers, I would read the black and white dailies in the Globe and Mail every day, um, and then my favorite wound up being Dilbert for a while, which, unfortunate that Scott Adams is a little bit of a not... <laughs> pleasant human being, (laughs) but (laughs) But when I was like 9 or 10 I really liked Dilbert.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, I'm uh, Jonathan Dalton, Uh, I think for me I'm going to have to have two steps, this is a two step process, because the first step didn't stick. Uh, When I was younger I used to get uh, the Garfield collections out of the school library, and I would read those. I read everyone that existed at that time, Uh, and Garfield was my thing. But, uh, at least it was my thing for a while, and then I stopped being super interested in comics until I started reading superhero comics, and then at that point, uh, this is when I was living in Medicine Hat, Alberta, which is, if you've never heard of Medicine Hat, there's a reason, because there's nothing worth, (laughs) there's nothing noteworthy about it.
1: Well, Um, there was a, there was a hat made out of medicine.
0: Not, no, it was a medicine man's hat, (laughs) supposedly. Um... Okay, anyways.
3: Waiting, <laughs> really? yes, I have that offer.
0: <laughs> uh, so uh, I first started, uh, I guess it was my brother who started collecting superhero comics first, and then I read them and I thought, hmm, I want some of these. And so I went to the, uh, I found out where the local comic store was in Medicine Hat. Uh, and the, fortunately, there was a local comic store at the time and i believe it was actually a record store that at some point had realized hmm it's the 90s people don't buy records anymore we need something else and so they started selling comics uh and that's where i first bought uh like floppies superhero comics
2: Kind of tragic. They jump from records to floppies and another. Yeah, they they
0: also didn't last very long. They shut down like a year later. (laughs) Now they're gone.
1: Starting a proud tradition of (laughs) selling records and/or comics and going out of business.
0: Mm, mm. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right, so uh, tell us again, uh, tell us
1: something about uh, Essex County. Oh, yeah. Well, Essex County is uh, written and drawn by Jeff Lemire, who was um, born in 1976 in Essex County, Ontario. And um, this is one of his early works. Um, It was actually originally a trilogy, Of three smaller books that he then collected into uh, this much larger graphic novel and uh, since then he's actually come into quite a bit of prominence um, writing series for Vertigo called uh, Sweet Tooth and The Nobody and he also was doing um, more superhero work uh, such as writing Animal Man uh, in the rebooted New 52 and uh, he also is a Zurich Award winner So one of uh, you're in the same company, Jonathan. Yeah, Uh, former he was a 2005 Zurich Award winner. Um, uh, He also got a Joe Schuster Comic Book Creator Award uh, for outstanding cartoonist in 2008, and he got a Doug Wright Award for best emerging talent in 2008. He is currently uh, writing for Extraordinary X Men. So I think his writing career has definitely uh, moved into different terrain than maybe where he started. Um, and he's mostly now uh, known for his writing, and he's not doing as much art. Uh, though I think for his more personal works, um, I, like Underwater Welder, I think he's still doing the art for that. So yeah, and a s- he did
3: Trillium, um, oh,
1: okay. which okay.
3: came out a little while
1: ago. Okay, that was not... That was not in his Wikipedia page. Oh,
3: wow. <laughs> Wikipedia is not a reliable source. I read it recently, so...
1: Okay. Yeah, Cool. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess I wanted to bring a little more Canadiana in, and um, I thought this was another, uh, for me, like, another formative indie comic in my uh, my early kind of indie explorations. This is, like, another one that really solidified, like, what was possible Uh, with writing not superhero comics, ironically, despite the content of this book and, like, the fact that he's now moved on to be, to write, write a lot of superhero comics. Um, So, yeah, uh, I guess maybe, uh, what did you guys think of Essex County, since I'm the one that recommended it? Obviously, I liked it.
3: Yeah, um, I, I'm very fond of this book. It's actually my friend Misha's, um, one of her absolute favorite comics, Um Lemire is one of her favorite artists. Um, so I have been fond of this work since high school when I was introduced to it because it was on Canada Reads. On, um, oh that's right CBC And actually uh, I think it was Sarah Quinn from Tegan and Sarah Was repping it on oh, cool. Canada Reads So that's just like a fun tidbit But yeah I really like this book I cry through the whole thing Like I don't know for whatever reason This just hits a bunch of emotional things for me Where I start crying about 20 pages in Don't stop crying <laughs> Until <laughs> the end of the sort of like Second book and then I don't really cry In the third one as much But like oh mm. my god It just hits like A Strange Siblings so like um, this Ontario landscape that I'm very familiar with because I spent a lot of time in Gray County Ontario um, when I was a kid and also old people dying which always makes me cry so it's just it's a, for me it's a very effective, and emotional work so I cry a lot I forgot how much I cry while reading this <laughs> like, <laughs> sitting in my room like oh god why and I had to get like water and <laughs> tissues oh. so I wouldn't have oh. to I'm too much for this <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: so yeah it's it, it's fun it's also it struck me this time reading it like how Canadian this book is like it's oh. really tapping into a specific kind of Canadiana um, and it's very charming
1: yes yeah, it's very heavily Canadian.
2: Yeah, yeah. I will, I will, I will double down on that. Let's say, like I, I felt, <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed this work. Uh, it was really interesting. It, it got me quite early, and I was, you know, uh, reading it in a swept along kind of way. Where I, I did realize that it was distilled, distilled Canadiana, let's say. But what's weird is that it was uh, a kind of Canadiana that did not resonate with me in the same way as it did with you. I feel. Because I came from a different part of Canada that has a very different kind of culture and it's like I can recognize how Canadian it is but not in a way that has any connection to my own personal memories. This kind of like Mm -hmm. oh well I grew up watching the National Film Board and they had all these movies about hockey but hockey was never a thing in my life and I don't have any brothers and so it was like completely separate from my life and i grew you, up in the city and
1: all of this yeah. you, you didn't was, hope for a montreal canadian sweater and then <laughs> mom gave you a maple leaf sweater <laughs> instead so and embarrassing. picked on for that i'm from <laughs> montreal because
0: there
2: are, there are no maple leaf sweaters allowed like they stopped them at the bridge and uh
0: angela you read the hockey sweater i've
2: Read, watched,
0: or, yeah, Watch. oh, of course, okay, okay.
2: of course, right. you can't, oh, you can't grow up in Canada. I'm That's assuming,
0: true. yeah, For you can't grow sisters, up
2: in Canada. You
0: don't
1: know the. Whoa, 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 whoa. Jonathan, this is part of the citizenship test.
2: It
0: is. For the non-Canadian <laughs> listeners, let me rephrase that. Uh, the Hockey Sweater is a picture book, uh, originally written in French, it takes place in small town Quebec. Um, I don't know what the time period. I forget. But uh, this boy really, really wants to get uh, a hockey sweater for for Christmas, and of course he gets um, uh, he he wants the Canadians jersey because
2: that's the Montreal. Thing. That's
0: yeah, exactly.
2: He wants the Habs, man.
0: But he gets their arch nemesis, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And now, okay, and the growing, shame of his community.
2: Growing up in Montreal, I can tell you, I resonate with that sentiment of okay. like <laughs> you do not. You do not.
0: (laughs) Uh, At one point, they have since changed the $5 bill in Canada. But the previous version of the Canadian $5 bill had a quote from this picture book right on the money. (laughs) <laughs> so that tells you how important both hockey and this particular story are to Canadian culture. Yeah.
1: And and thus concludes the trade waiter's review of the hockey sweater. <laughs> oh wait. But
2: it's okay. funny because it's the same kind of reflected Canadiana where it's yes. like I can I can see it, but it's a kind of Canadiana that was not okay. well, yeah, yeah. the hockey stuff.
3: It's definitely, a, like, a sp- not a universal Canadian yeah. experience book. Like, the hockey stuff, I didn't grow up playing hockey. My brother didn't grow up playing hockey, but we were surrounded by people who did. So, yeah. like, also mm-hmm. recognize that not as true to my experience, but, like, the landscapes and stuff, I'm just like, yeah, ah, yes, home. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I feel like I'm going to be the dissenting voice here. Mm. Uh, I did not... This book didn't, uh, didn't really do it for me. Um, the second half caught me a little better than the first half, but I don't know. Just the... the The elements of nostalgia that this book is trying to appeal to don't, like, I don't have those, that nostalgia. I don't have any nostalgia for small town life, even though I lived in a small town for a while. Uh, I don't have any nostalgia for hockey or um, superhero comics necessarily, at least not (laughs) the type of superhero comics that show up in the book, like the really old sort of golden age, silver age type stuff. Um, Boxing, I don't care about boxing. I don't know. It's just... It's not... Um, there was nothing in it for me, I felt. Hmm. Uh, which, I guess, ruins my perfect record of... So, no, liking every it. previous trade graders book.
1: <laughs> no, this is... Uh, we
0: finally what? broke it. No, that just means...
1: As as we often say, it means we're going to have an interesting episode. Okay. Uh, okay. No, well, uh, um... So, um... So, I guess maybe it is three books, so maybe... Do you want to just kind of weigh in on each sure. book uh, a little bit? And maybe, actually... Um, so, John, I, just out of curiosity, which of the three books would you feel maybe? Because you said it picked up at the second yeah. half, but was it like kind of in the middle of the second book, or was it the third book? Or um,
0: I wasn't really paying too much close attention to the the chapter divisions.
1: Okay. Um, well, well, here, like, so uh, part of our spoilers here. So yeah. basically, um, book one is Tales from the Farm, and that is about Lester, uh, who is a little boy who. Is obsessed with superheroes. He wears a mask and a cape. And there's sort of, um, I think, kind of elements of him being a little bit of an unreliable narrator. And uh, I think there's definitely points where his kind of imagination sort of takes over in some of the story. Um, but basically, it's, you know, he's got a very strained relationship with his uncle. You get the impression that both of his parents are not in his life. And he starts to develop a friendship with... Um, A man who works at the gas station who's uh, slightly mentally not all there. And uh, the uncle's really upset about this, doesn't want him spending time with him. And uh, the big reveal at the end is that that this man is his father who was injured playing hockey and basically can't function properly anymore, and so he can't take care of his son. Uh, And so they sort of have this weird bonding where he can't really be a father but he's sort of trying to be a a good friend to him um and uh and it just sort of i don't know examines um i think a lot of that was just uh, familial relationships and it was uh, i thought like the relationship between him and his uncle was really some of the heaviest stuff to read i felt some of the just how his uncle just couldn't say anything right, and and this this, this strained relationship. Um, yeah. This was really tragic and just really, yeah, really really hard to read at, at certain points. Um, I
2: would agree with you in that. I feel like uh, the focus was obviously on Lester, but the character of the uncle actually resonated with me a lot more. Like, he's very put upon in this situation, right, where his mm-hmm. sister dies. And he doesn't want a kid. He's maybe not cut out for having a kid necessarily, yeah. but he takes on the responsibility, and he takes that responsibility very seriously.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, so I do, I do agree that 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 strain in that relationship was very palpable and very very interesting to read and subtle in the way it was portrayed as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's they kind of lead you in, and like Jeff Lemire gives you little clues, and then starts to inform that relationship more and more. So, you know, at the beginning. It, you're not sure if Ken's, like, really a good guy or not, but then the more you learn about things, the more you're like, oh, like, Ken just, he's got nowhere to go. Like, he's kind of stuck. Like, yeah. he's doing the best he can, you know? Um, any other thoughts from you guys?
0: Well, I guess, uh, one, I think one of the problems that I had was uh, I had a lot of trouble figuring out who was who. Hmm. The characters, oh, wow. especially certain characters, are drawn too similar Mm-hmm. Where, like, it takes me a while to figure out, okay, no, no, those are not the same person, because they have different names. Uh, and then, like, how are they connected at all? And then it's not clear until later that, no, they are actually related, which mm. is why they're drawn the same. Uh, I'm thinking here about um, the, the uncle... Um, like Lester's uncle and the older of the two brothers in the second chapter. Yeah,
2: I agree. They mm. do look very similar. I like they, the there's the like brothers. there's like three different faces that are used over and over. Yeah. I, I think that could yeah. be due to the fact that they're trying to emphasize that this is a small town with a lot of history and the same bloodlines keep repeating over and yeah. over. Again. Yeah, it yeah. yeah. seemed
3: to me like a, a, an intentional motif, so it kind of like worked for me. But I can understand why it wouldn't.
0: Work there was for a, a point else. in I think like. Near the end of the second book, where I was just feeling very frustrated trying to figure out how are these people connected? I know they're supposed to be connected, but then I have to go back and check. Okay, so they have the same last name, but they have a different first name, and I'm not entirely <laughs> sure about the time period.
1: Were you Were you really happy with the family tree at the very end?
0: Um, that did answer some questions. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Well, I, I figured I, it out all it by hand. So, yeah. it just took if, a long time. if anyone's
1: reading this book, if you uh, find yourself getting frustrated if you turn to the very end of the book, uh, or not the very end, but somewhere near the back of the book. There is a family tree uh, that will dispel the mystery of uh, Jimmy and Ken and uh, Yeah,
2: but I agree Lester with Lester and
1: who all these people are.
2: I agree with John. I don't think it was intended to be as much of a mystery as it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. As much as it was supposed to be a motif, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, with comics.
1: Uh, page four four seven
2: it can be quite hard when you can't figure out which character is supposed to be which and if they're trying to be intentionally similar and could actually create way more confusion then I think it creates mystery and intrigue mm-hmm.
4: yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah of the of the like three books I think i found the three books within this book I think I found the first two the most compelling mm-hmm. um, together and then I guess it like what didn't really grab me in book three was the um, flashback to like early early Canada like that just hmm. didn't hmm. have the same emotional resonance to me and in I found the ending a little bit cliche um, yeah to that particular
1: yeah I think um, I saw the turn coming a lot earlier in that one um, should we should we do them in order, or should we just jump into the the country um, the country nurse? Sure, let's let's
0: do book two. Okay, yeah, okay. Let's okay. talk
2: about book two. So book okay. two was is a ghost. I think it's called Ghost Stories. Yes, yeah. that's my favorite of the three. Yes. I yes. really really enjoyed this book and the way uh, it presents another unreliable narrator, right, whose memory is going, and it has some really really interesting panel transitions where he will fade in and out of memory and in and out of consciousness, basically, and mm-hmm. lucidity. Drifting uh between present day and the past in a way that's really fluid and uh strange and beautiful right in a way mm-hmm. that I think is really tragic yeah. yeah
3: there's this like um there's like you're saying so many in this chapter, but one of my favorites is on page one ninety eight and one ninety nine um, where the protagonist in this book is sort of tucking his older brother into bed and it's his old man visage in this memory and then it transitions to the next page where his young self is standing on the roof with his brother's wife and he his face is up in the sky as the moon looking down on them mm. it just, it's so poetic yeah <laughs> it's yeah. really wonderful
0: yeah, I, yeah. Did, I did enjoy the way that memory is constructed in that chapter I think that seemed yeah. really interesting
1: yeah I think that that also had the most emotional resonance for me because it is sort of about this guy who's in his twilight years uh he and his memories sort of inform you that he had this this time in his life where he was playing hockey and 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 hitting like a certain amount of success but he never made it to the the pro circuit and then he kind of uh he has an injury and he falls into just driving a streetcar for the ttc which i thought was just a lovely little canadian thing Mm -hmm. um and and now this is him like suffering alzheimer's and 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 fading away and i think that i don't know it's like i i i almost see like echoes of a potential future or something and i think that's why it really like hits me in the in the emotional nerve and uh I think that um, the way it's presented, the way he, yeah, he like, time is kind of immutable, that he, like, the past and the present are all happening at the same time, uh, it, I mean, I don't know what it feels like to have Alzheimer's, but this felt like a, a good depiction of, of yeah. having dementia.
3: Yeah, you I know. cried so hard. This was like the part of the book where I like I cried the most, and I cried a lot. I just like cried consistently through this book, but yeah, Ghost Stories is like where I cried the most because it is, Mm. it just like gets you right there. It's really, really sad. Well, the
1: I mean, I also just found that I mean the relationship with the brothers is so complicated, and I think it was really interesting the way it was handled in that. Like, I mean, the I guess it's the older brother is our main character. Yeah, yeah, the older brother has a one night stand with his uh younger brother's fiance and they they never sleep together again but not long after she has a child and it's a little bit of a question mark as to who is the father and it's never addressed until near the end of that book where he goes back for his mother's funeral and that's when, like, his brother kind of reveals, like, yes, I know, and we've checked, and it is my son. And, oh, it's like, I get shivers just, like, even re- recounting that. It's just, like, the dialogue between them was really well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like that. I, I, there was. I think there was other, like, interesting experiments in this book, too, where, like, when he gets into their hockey career... It they just have it, the book changes and it's just a scrapbook with like newspaper clippings and photos and it's just a really nice like montage. So instead of doing like a straightforward like, and then we played another game and then yeah. we played another game, this is like you flip through like four pages of a scrapbook and that just kind of informs that you know.
3: Mm-hmm. I also just like to take a moment to like talk about Lemire's artwork. Um, and I, I really like his command of, like, solid blacks Mm -hmm. in this book. I find them, I, as an artist, shy away from doing solid blacks, even though I know how effective they can be because it's scary to commit that much ink to the page, but he does it so well. It's, it's just really lovely to, like, look at how he's using shadow and black and, like, lack of detail, Mm -hmm. um... To actually evoke a lot of detail and like Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) yeah, the simplicity of the work I think really suited the content. Uh, It wasn't my favorite art. I would say I find the the scratchy style is uh, it has a lot of character, but it felt a little bit hasty in in parts to me. Hmm. Uh, I also didn't really like the way that his characters didn't seem that expressive.
0: Yeah, Uh, like a lot of the
2: eyes were kind of scratched out and mouths weren't really open in a lot of these panels. So. that that was a detracting point for me.
0: Like I think yeah. I would have related to these characters a lot better if they had facial expressions and I could like feel mm. what they're feeling. Yeah, mm.
2: and it, it did help with the nuance a little bit. Like everything felt very subtle because these characters did not emote, mm. um, which I think is part of the quiet tone that he was trying mm. to achieve. But yeah. it just was I wasn't do think so it was me. intentional. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I felt like a lot of the emotion came out of the line work, but I also think that that's where some of the laws entered into the artwork because he was i think his priority there was expressiveness not draftsmanship mm. and i would agree that i think like when i first read this i hadn't really seen something this stylized and so my memory of lemire's art was like it was really cool stylish art and i think reading this a second time i i agree i definitely felt myself thinking like oh kind of rushed that panel like what you didn't want to go back and redraw that like <laughs> you know uh, Well, there's, there's
2: a certain quality to i think some of the the weights like certain lines are very thin and certain lines are very fat but not in a way that looks controlled to me mm-hmm. yeah. interesting i i really like it
3: i don't know it's, it boob- no, it's <laughs> like an aesthetic that i personally really enjoy but you know to each their own
1: yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, I think it like it comes and goes. Like there's certain pages where I just like, wow, I want to put that in a frame on my wall, and then there's other pages where I'm like, ah, if I was editing this book, I'd ask you to redraw that. <laughs> 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 uh, I did actually. I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but there is. Sorry, just kind of jumping back to book one really quick, but there is, like, um, samples of Lester's artwork. Oh, those are great. Yeah, I love that. I I am not 100% sure of this, but I think... Jeff Lemire has gone on record and saying that that's old drawings from his childhood that really? he scanned and put into the comic. That's perfect. That was
3: my guess because it was like very clearly children's drawings. It's and yeah. like can't fake that. Yeah. Isn't it yeah. weird how you can't fake that? I
1: spent a lot of
0: time looking at children's drawings. I couldn't see a flaw. This yeah. is like perfect. Yeah, was, this wasn't well, drawn it, by a child. Yeah, well, this is drawn like, by an expert in children's. Well, drawings. I
1: was gonna say like if it, if it's not Lemire's work himself, <laughs> he found a child <laughs> like, and used their artwork. Stole for the this. child. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I think I think it's possible to recreate that I don't of aesthetic, know if it is but it would be difficult every
2: I, time i see it done fake I, you can spot it instantly okay. i think someone who
3: is a trained artist can't do it but like, <laughs> no, like I would agree if on. you okay, know okay like, some of my coworkers or family members who are not trained in art draw and like i love their drawings cuz they have that like charming childlike quality where it's like uncalculated and they not refined like it's beautiful but uh, you know like it's just <laughs> It is It is at the beginning stages of,
2: of a drawing, you know? uh, This yeah. is a bit of a sidebar. Do you yeah. know the blog The Mary Sue? Yes. There used to be a feature where this, this, uh, this woman would write movie reviews, but in that style. Like, she was not a trained artist, but she got <laughs> one of those composition books that has the picture frame and then, like, the big uh, space for the letters, and it's like, review of uh, Galaxy, whatever, I forget <laughs> the movie, by, you know, Amanda, age 32. And it was like... <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, this is late. I got drunk, you know? And it's like... <laughs> So anyway
1: nice That's so
2: I, I would agree with that assessment that if you're trained in art it gives you this kind of inability to go backwards
1: <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah I mean I would I would definitely say that I think the other reason book two resonated with me the most is just that yeah I think it embodies this idea of Canada and this idea of hockey this romantic idea that though I never really like I used to play a little bit of street hockey. In the back alley with my friend I never really got the hockey bug and my dad who's like an avid subscriber to the hockey news who like will always have a game playing if there's a game on um, it's like my one sort of major connection to my father is through the viewing of hockey and I go to so many Giants games with him just so that it's like it's a thing we can do together um, that it's like this book really embodies that what I feel hockey is about like mm-hmm. this is like even though I'm not 100% a hockey fan like this embodies what I feel a hockey fan should feel and this is like what I think my dad experiences why he's so passionate about it um, and so I just that's I think that's why it was the most relatable where like I didn't grow up on a farm in southern Ontario so the first book I I get it a little bit but it's not my life experience but this, the second book I'm like it's this dream of, of of hockey that I kind of tap into where I'm like yeah I get that and that's that's also the way I think then the third book um the country nurse I'm just right out of that like because I'm I'm not mm. a care 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 home worker. I am I'm, I'm not a woman. I, I'm not a nun. I didn't grow up in pioneer days. Like it, that was probably the weakest book for me. Was the last book. See,
0: I'm going to disagree again. Okay, uh, the, the country, <laughs> the country oh. nurse oh, is good. This down. Are you sure we're
2: not talking about the boxing match? <laughs> no,
0: no. no, no, no. no. That uh, the country nurse was the character I felt the most affinity for. Ah. Possibly because we have similar day jobs mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's there's a quote that she says, and I've been trying to find it here, but I can't find it, but she says something along the lines of how she's always trying to do what's right. she's always trying to help people and she doesn't know if it's actually gonna do any good. like mm. that I felt like, yes, I feel that. I know mm. that that feeling right so.
2: I'll agree with you, John. Uh, I, I liked it. wasn't my favorite part of the book, but I really enjoyed that exploration of a character. Mm. Someone who I felt was really written as kind of a minor person in the second book, and then uh, Jeff had the courtesy to flesh them out as a full character, which mm-hmm. normally would not happen.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, and uh, actually, I'll disagree with Kathleen as well, because uh, you said that the historical aspect didn't really do it for you. For me, I felt it really anchored that whole theme of, like, if you're from a town this small. Your history goes very, very deep into it. That's mm. what I took away from that part of the work, where it's like, this is someone whose ancestors live in this town, right? And how mm. they grew up when Essex County was like the shining beacon, five, three days walk away, right? And your only <laughs> salvation. But you know, now it's just this tiny, insignificant dot on a map. And uh, that was really interesting to me.
3: Yeah, no, I understood why it was there. Like it, yeah. it, I wouldn't take it out and put something else in its place. It was just maybe the narrative that was happening at that particular time. I just agree the that. way it was written didn't didn't mm-hmm. grab me, but it was it was very like I understood why it was there. It, it hit all the
2: highlights.
1: Let's say
3: yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, like, basically, as soon as I, as soon as the, the nun chapters came up, I'm like, oh, she's pregnant with that guy's kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah I will say that there. The Jeffrey! It
2: always makes me roll my eyes whenever
3: that comes
0: up uh, fair. no, so I'm exactly that, like, the same way. i
3: just like, oh, yeah, okay, Ugh, okay,
2: all Fine. right. <laughs> yeah. Drama but by pregnancy. Guys, okay. yeah.
1: Daredevil's already done it, like, it's, it's been done. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I will say that the third book felt very disjointed. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of very short stories kind of like lumped together, and it did wrap up a lot of the f- previous storylines, mm-hmm. and that was worthwhile because I felt like that gave weight to the previous stories. Like when I was mm-hmm. reading through the first few chapters and not getting much out of it, like when I get to the third chapter, it's like okay, now I'm starting to understand how all this work fits together. Yeah. All right. This is yeah.
1: like this is good. Yeah. But I w- I, yeah. I w- I think the payoff at the end of the connection, so when you find out these characters from Pioneer Days kind of encounter each other and this carries a through line all the way to present day and it's like the ancestors of these two people with their roles completely reversed, Mm -hmm. but they're now like kind of still intertwined through all that time. I think that was the big payoff of of Essex County.
0: But then I don't know like the boxing...
1: I, I i would say that i um i actually didn't even write notes about the short stories <laughs> at the end because i didn't feel that they added anything to the main narrative i like in the in the essex county book after the end of the three books there's basically a bunch of mini comics that he tacks on saying well this is kind of bonus content uh so there's like a boxing match um and then there's uh
2: the Which elephant Oh yeah,
1: yeah the, the elephant I completely forgot about that Yeah elephant. the elephant So I didn't
2: like that one at all until there was like an another like extra, extra bonus, where it ties the elephant-eared man to the county nurse, and I'm like, okay, well now I'm interested in this guy. <laughs> but it was written in such a different style, like a different voice, mm. and then it, it didn't really go anywhere in the end to me, and I'm like, I don't get this at all. And then there was that, that like last one-page comic, this one, where he encounters, what page is this? 506. Yeah. <laughs> where he's like, oh, I'm a writer now, and I don't want to go outside. And I'm like, well, this is way more interesting than whatever that was.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> you you could have cut that whole... Yeah, I just,
1: yeah, I don't know, I just, these sort of felt kind of a little bit tacked on and, and unrelated, and so, I don't know, I, I just, I, I kind of, like, hit the end of the, the three books, and I kind of felt, like, a nice sense of conclusion, and I, I wasn't as interested in, like, revisiting them in these tiny little snippets. So it's,
2: it's funny, I really, really, I still latch onto that second book in the middle. And I just don't know how I feel about this work as a collected work. Hmm. You know? Like, if you're going to intentionally smash all these things together, they should work a little bit more cohesively, and I don't feel like they do. Right. Whereas each discrete section has its own merit. But it's a merit that works without this interconnection, to me.
1: So maybe just having ghost stories as its own book might have been a smarter move.
2: Which is how it originally
1: was, I'm understanding. Yeah.
2: But I think, I don't know, I think
3: ghost stories needs at least... I found that like it, it needs the other two mm. things for context personally, but...
2: Possibly. Like, I, I, I think it stand I
3: can felt. stand on its own, but I think it's better with the other bits.
1: Hmm. Fair enough. Um, that's why we do the book club, so we can uh, <laughs> have these fruitful discussions. This is our boxing match. Well, I think different like opinions, maybe
0: um, like having experienced this only as the collected Essex County and not as anything prior to that, uh, I feel like that Is not the way it was written and if it's going to be experienced as the collected work there needs to be more of a clear uh, something more clear from the outset that okay this was a series of things now they are collected so that when you're reading it you experience that
2: I have a curveball for you how would you fix it
0: um I would actually do maybe something with color and have different chapters, different colors, or color schemes. Mm. So that when you get to the next chapter, it's like, okay, we're starting fresh. This is something completely different now.
2: And maybe do some color referencing?
0: Yeah, exactly. That would be great. Yeah, mm. no, that's a
2: really interesting That'd way That would be a
0: good, good way to tie characters together, too. Like, you know it's the same character, because suddenly they're from the the, chari- the color scheme from the previous chapter. Right.
2: I'd put the family tree right up front, and have oh. it in that blank kind of way. Because what was really interesting is that they, they put it in kind of in the middle of the book and half of the people had pictures connected to the stories that had been prior yeah but then there were a few people who were touched on after i think it would have been a more effective device if it had been right at the top you start with Mm -hmm. this person and now it's like the story of this person you kind of see that tree get built out Mm. Uh, structurally that would have helped me
0: like, so maybe, even if you don't see all the characters on the tree at the start, mm-hmm. you have, here's the two characters, here's how they're connected, next chapter, here's that, but expanded on.
2: And maybe I like things too simplistic, when I'm it's like, give me a map, man. Give I me mean, a map. it's, um,
1: <laughs> would you do them, um, chronologically, though? Because this one was kind of going from mm-hmm. the present not, to the past. Not
2: necessarily. I, I still think... If you have
0: the tree,
1: you don't need it to be chronological. Right.
2: I, I would agree with that, yeah. I think that I didn't mind it going from the present to the past, because it is kind of the same way that we experience history, Right. You right. experience the now. And it colors your entire experience of the past, right? But mm. as you unravel these things, so to speak, it, it adds detail to how you experience the present. So I would, I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the jumping around. It was just, I I, I wanted a map. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, fair enough. Fair mm. enough. Yeah. Tell me where to care. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it definitely actually, I will say, like reading this made me uh, interested in at least checking out. Uh, Animal Man, or uh, ex- extreme, or yeah, extreme X Men, or whatever, just to like extraordinary see extraordinary gentleman. Right? I think you said extraordinary, no, extraordinary X Men. Uh, oh, really? okay. it's is it it is X Men. Uh, just to see like what this kind of a, a narrative voice would do with mm. these super powered beings versus like these like real people in Southern Ontario.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I will go back and say that I I do appreciate this for being such an indie work and such a you know not. How, how am I putting this? It, it's an exploration of something that's not normally touched on in comics, and that for itself was very interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I will say I would much, much rather read Essex County than Extraordinary Exit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we all know what you think, it's Jonathan! All, it's all relative. <laughs> uh, any final... Should we do the, Yeah, recommendations? I,
2: oh, yeah, I recommend this book. Yeah. I would as well. I no, no regrets reading it. I thought it was. Mm. It was. I took something from it, and it was interesting. Yeah.
1: And I think, uh, especially if you want a nice big slice of Canadiana, um, and you're tired of reading Seth, then <laughs> this <laughs> is another one that'll give you <laughs> that real nice Canadianness.
0: Yeah, uh, I would recommend it under certain conditions. Like if you are a fan of this creator, or if you are. Uh, have some kind of connection to Essex County or Southern Ontario, or you're a hockey fan, maybe. I don't know. I think you need to have a hook. I I would have needed a hook. Okay.
1: All right, fair enough. Do we have? Oh, a we should do Christmas a, list. We, that's yeah, right. We're going to do our Christmas list. Yeah.
0: So this is a new feature on the Trade Winners, given that Christmas is like two weeks away by the time this is released or something like that. Walk,
2: Don't run to your local comic
0: store. <laughs> yeah. So we are all going to come up with, um, now let me think, should we do this as, uh, like a comic that you could get for a certain type of person or a comic that you think anyone would want or...
2: I don't know. Do we want to do this lightning round style? Yeah, let's do it. Let's just keep it simple. Okay. And if you yeah. have like a...
1: Well. Comics
2: yeah. that would make good gifts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Easy well, here, recommends. Here. Well, Easy okay. recommends. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe just say uh, a book you'd recommend and maybe who you'd recommend it for. Sure. So uh, I would say, um, first and foremost, uh, everyone should go to Kickstarter and pre-order their copy of Una the Blade, which uh, at, after this podcast is recorded will probably be live on the internet. Um And so you should order that and get that sent to your house. Uh, You can also get Much the Miller's Son and uh, Fun Day Sunnies as part of that campaign. And uh, I would say all of those are not for children, so I would not (laughs) give those to any children. Um, There is some adult content, but if you are into just really cool comics um, and you have a friend that's into comics, especially someone who's into uh, barbarian single mothers, then you should... (laughs) Uh, pre-order your copy of Una the Blade. Uh, the barbarian
2: uh, single mother demographic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, I know it's a, a, I know is. it's a pretty
1: it's a pretty crowded <laughs> niche. Like I know that it's like yet another barbarian single mother <laughs> traveling a post-apocalyptic wasteland. But God. this is a this is a good one. This is one of the good ones. This yeah. isn't one of those cliche uh, barbarian single mother okay. stories. I will
0: say that Una the Blade <laughs> is going to be an amazing book, and I can't wait to actually read it myself. However, it will not be delivering for
1: Christmas. No, I guess that's true. So, but next Christmas. Yeah, order it now for next Christmas. There you go.
0: That's yeah. Buy uh, extra copies. You'll have lots. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, here. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll throw some real some, some Christmas recommendations in. At, that, after my shameless plug, um, <laughs> maybe I, I'll, I'll say, if you are looking for a comic for a, a young girl, uh, I would buy them Miss Marvel Volumes 1 to 3. Um, and, um, actually I was just, I'm pleased to note to you guys, um, Miss Marvel has a really good ending. Really? Because uh, th- there is the Marvel Secret Wars, oh, man, which ended that. all con- <laughs> land. <laughs> Let me finish. Um, no,
2: it's fine. We're good. Yeah. No, no the,
4: basically, <laughs> so the- Angela. What are you recommending for Christmas? Oh <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: please, Jeffrey. Please, I'm interested. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying that they they've essentially ended the Marvel universe so they can reboot all their titles. Oh. So. What, what is going to happen is that Miss Marvel will probably be rebooting along with everything else but G. Willow Wilson wrote it to a really satisfying conclusion leading up to this event so if you would like to just experience Miss Marvel and a nice arc that ends in a really nice note I would say just pick up that first run that, and then when the secret wars happen just assume that it's over and just stop. Do you and know I would what say that's a good good run. I, I guess that would be volume four, which hasn't come okay. out yet. Okay. Um, but there's only a few issues between volume three and the end of Miss Marvel. Okay. Um, but I would say I, I read it to the end there, and I really liked it. So okay. I, especially looking for young for so for those of you that didn't pre-order your Una, and if you were looking for something for a kid, then I would get Miss Marvel for your your young girls uh, and your young boys.
0: Okay. Boys are allowed to like superheroes,
2: too. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make a call back to uh, one of our earliest episodes and recommend uh, seconds for your hipster cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, For your edgy older sister, I'm not sure if Bitch Planet is out in trade yet, but I do know that it's up to five floppies and should be out in trade soon. Uh, Your edgy older sister might also appreciate Sex Criminals, Volume 1 and 2. Which is a very cool kind of work. If they're familiar with comics and they're looking for something a little bit different, I think it's a it's an interesting take on fiction. It's an <laughs> interesting it's an interesting book uh, for your younger readers. Uh, Evan Dam's collected illustrated edition of um, Alice in w- the Wizard of Oz, I should say. Mm-hmm. Sorry, The Wizard of Oz is just a beautiful book and one of those kind of keepsake editions. Uh, I got mine off Kickstarter, so it should be available from Evan's website, uh, riceboy.net.com. Just Google Riceboy. Boy. Uh, the Illustrated Wizard of Oz is a really, really beautiful book that would make a lovely gift.
0: Cool. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kate Beaton's Step Aside Pops. No, nice. Uh, and I would recommend that for anyone, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, including if you have a relative or friend who is kind of, like, maybe interested in comics, like they've read Garfield at some point, but they're not really a comics person. We've this all be- read Garfield at some yeah. point. But th- this <laughs> would be a good comic for that person because they're basically comic strips. They are, they're uh, either standalone or a short series. Uh, they jump around from like different points in history or different subject matter, but they're all so good. I got this book at a bookstore, um, and I dutifully put it at the bottom of my to-read pile, which is about a foot deep... And takes a while to get through. But then it didn't stay there. I <laughs> flipped through it just to see, hmm, Kate Beaton, this is cool, read a few strips and could not actually stop. And I wow. read the entire book.
2: I haven't yet either. I, haven't, I, <laughs> should, I should pick that up for myself and a few people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Um, my roommates gave it to me for my birthday.
4: Yeah, mm. yeah it's really good.
3: Um, I'm going to do one recommendation, which is for the hardest people to buy comics for, which is your friend that reads a lot of comics. <laughs> um, me! <laughs> well, yeah, um, I'm always, like, really tough to buy comics for, but um, I recently uh, got into Frontier Magazine from Youth in Decline, which is a quarterly publication, um, and each issue is just, like, a single creator, cover to cover, Um like, uh, Jillian Tamaki had an issue. Uh, Becca Tobin um, had an issue. Like, there's there's a whole bunch of really interesting different creators there, and it kind of um, is doing something a little bit different with comics, and it's, I don't know, I haven't seen a lot of my friends talking about it. So that would be my recommendation for, like, the person in your life who reads a lot of comics and you don't know what to get them. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty sure they've read everything already. Right.
0: Okay. Uh, our next book will be... Voice by Carlos B. McNeil. So pick up a copy of that and tune in in approximately two weeks on Christmas Day. Or wait until after Christmas when you have time and listen to it then. Uh,
1: or <laughs> bring the whole family together. No. no. Put, put up the stereo. If you you have maybe, very, maybe
2: this is not the one. Play this
1: out. <laughs> if you have you the, a choice eat, family
0: who can eat, deal with this eat content. Eat your turkey with the dulcet comments.
1: tones of Jonathan Dalton. <laughs>
0: We'll have to do... <laughs> we should really just do an episode where it's like, I don't know, doing sort of the uh, <laughs> CDC thing, have like Christmas stories or something like that. Reading, mm-hmm. reading comics. Ooh, like yeah. narrating oh. comics. No. No, we're not going to do that, no. though. Director's commentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the Trade Raiders is presented by Cloudscape Comics. We'd like to thank the Vancouver Public Library for letting us record in their inspiration lab and sleuth for the music. You can find us at www.cloudscapecomics.com or at tradereaders.tumblr.com.